Shit. So, <laughs> I'm going to send you guys a link. Okay. I want you to check this out. Is it going to be good or bad? Yes. Oh, it's it's good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> yeah. It's from conservapedia.com. <laughs> which nothing I, bad has ever come. <laughs> there's nothing bad ever conservapedia.com. Surely from conservapedia. Uh, there when I many... think good times. Wow. Greatest conservative songs. It describes these as many brilliant and popular conservative songs, but there is at least 10 DC Talk songs on this list. So that's their bar for popular, I would oh say, is God. pretty low. Haven't you seen God's Not Dead? Wait, that's Newsboys. I love okay. how they've got the year, and so that's the first thing I saw was they've got the year. And I looked halfway down the list and I saw the year 2000. I was like, okay. And I was like, what's the first entry? 1779? Hey, wait a minute. Oh, my <laughs> God. And it's Amazing Grace by John Newton. Famous slaver. Uh, I should throw that out there. <laughs> so a bastion of conservative thinking. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'll, I'll grant he did become an abolitionist in like the last five years of his life. but uh... Just so he could get into heaven, I bet. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the trick, right? You just confess at the last minute and you're set. <laughs> that's what that's what, a that's what I'm going to do. I plan to live a life full of sin up until I hit you know, the age 85 on my deathbed, and then I'm going to confess <laughs> to my great nephew. Oh, see, what I do is I just check in like once a year or something, so that worst case, it's only been about a year since my last one, so you know you can't have too much built up. Really? It's so. kind of a bummer Jesus came back at all, because the whole sacrificial system seemed pretty dope. I know, right? <laughs> You just kind of, like, do your thing, and once I, a year, it's like, all right, I'll slaughter a lamb. You're all characters <laughs> in a Flannery O'Connor novel. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta throw out a few of the a few of the songs that are considered uh, greatest conservative songs. Uh, one of them is uh, Brick by Ben Folds 5. Brick. Um, which, the only reason that that is, is it's a song about abortion, huh? and it slightly hints at the fact that they're kind of sad about doing it. Okay. Like, maybe that it's a and, complex and difficult thing to go to. Yeah, to go uh, yeah. And then that's, that's it's a conservative song. Another one is California Uber Alice by Dead Kennedys. <laughs> oh. A famously <laughs> conservative band. Band, yes. Right. <laughs> uh... uh just because it's anti-Jerry Brown, who's a liberal, they think, like, oh, this is conservative. But they, they're definitely insulting him from the left. This is the band that brought us Let's Lynch the Landlord. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. I want to bring up an entry into Greatest Conservative Songs, a song by Leonard Skinner. It's called Gimme Back My Bullets. And the explanation is the name says it all. <laughs> which i love we didn't even listen to the song we saw the name and we fucking knew my one of my favorites on this is uh disparity by design by rise against is on this list um and it it says in the the justification for it being on the list re it refers to the overreaching arm of the government and considers whether welfare is a handout undeserved i'm going to send you guys here this is the lyrics for that if you read them in context is this an overreaching arm, or is this compassion? Is this a handout undeserved, or just a reparation? A just reparation? Yeah, it is clearly supporting... Well, see, I, I have this uh, learning impediment where I can only read every other line, and that really changes the meaning. 
Is this so? I read this, and it says, "Is this an overreaching arm? Is this a handout undeserved?" Which that to me screams conservatism. Yes. I. But I, I honestly, I'm just gonna stick this in the show notes because everybody needs to have a good time uh, taking a look at this. But just some honorable mentions: "Jesus Christ" by Brand New. Um, they describe it as the singer turns to God for advice and assurance, um, which means they didn't listen past maybe the first two lines of the oh, song. Oh, no. <laughs> but why I like you? to think that the guy running Conservapedia created this entry and then just asked for like crowdfunded suggestions. And secretly, <laughs> it was just happened. liberals oh, no sending question. in songs. Last except- Caress by the Misfits. <laughs> Which, it's a song from the perspective of a killer, and the lyrics are, I killed your baby today, and it doesn't matter to me as long as it's dead. And they're like, yep, that's Planned Parenthood. Huh? (laughs) What? (laughs) No, I think he was serious, guys. (laughs) No, I think he actually murdered a a baby. I don't... Oh, oh, God. Anyway, I can't can't even go into all of these, but it it is such a good list if you want to. Anybody wants to look at it. one more that I want to mention that I think is also good if not a little on the nose the the uh, explanation is clearly attacks liberal values okay it's by the infidel gregory van leer jr with an opening from michael savage savage michael savage uh that you know we love michael savage uh the name of this song is liberalism is a mental disorder It's a rap song. Well, I song. mean, clearly. It's a rap song. Uh, it's Billboard rank, not available, but <laughs> I think we can all assume that if not for the mainstream media, it would be available and it would be high. Or yeah. Low, depending I, on. I want to talk like about the lamestream media. The, yeah. the various genres it sticks things in is pretty great, too, if you look at that. It is. You've yeah. got one, one category is folk songs, jazz, and pop. <laughs> Second category if, if, is is country. If, the, if right. the, the third category is rock and rap, and the fourth category is classical. And there's only and there's one, one song. song. <laughs> one song. Like, because again, if it doesn't have um, lyrics, then you really can't tell, right? So if, it's a uh, it's Handel's Messiah. If you didn't know, that's uh, the one Christian. Musical. I just love that. If if your pop category contains Amazing Grace by John Newton, I don't think your categories are effective. If your pop category considers consists of like five DC Talk songs, I don't think you know. <laughs> I would like to note that everything here is like traditional pop, gospel, disco him so on and so forth and then just for one song we've got 60s girl pop Hell yes. <laughs> yes. get real specific <laughs> just once we've got oh, some God. uh 60s girl pop chapel of love by the dixie cups hell yeah uh, well i think we've started Hi. the podcast officially um wonderful so that's good to know um oh <laughs> not to mention talk- i do want to <laughs> I do want to say this Conservapedia thing is based off a National Review article that tried to do this same thing. Um, okay. So it isn't just trolling. This is like, this was a publication that really did this at one point. Anyway, okay, it's, sorry. We started the podcast. and Okay, so we've reached the 11th episode of the podcast, you know. Okay. Uh, we, we've been moving. Mm-hmm. And, you know... Jared and I, I, I say, there's no no relationship closer than the relationship between two podcast hosts. That's um, correct. 
closer than marriage. But you know, we've been having some mm-hmm. issues. We've been, you know, we've been fighting. Uh, I've accused oh, him oh, of yeah. being a fascist on a few oh, occasions. My God, um, again. And so I've decided that we need to kind of heal this relationship. And so okay. um, I'd like to be known that Josiah is both causing the harm and forcing me into couples counseling. Well, but this actually we won't this talk actually about fit, fits exactly what I'm doing because our good friends at the podcast <laughs> Shitty Christians did an episode recently on the movie Fireproof. Oh, um, <laughs> good. Uh, which the plot of that is basically that it's an abusive guy who then decides to force his partner to go through a book called The Love Dare. I've gotten I a love... PDF. I've gotten a PDF oh. of The Love Dare. And Have you? Just to, yeah, to to fix our relationship, Jared and I. Uh, every every episode, I'm gonna I'm gonna go through one of the challenges <laughs> in The Love Dare to help fix our broken relationship. Yep. And over the this. week between episodes, we're going to work independently and together on, on fixing our relationship. Fixing it. Are you so, guys going to have solo devos to do while you're away? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll say I got a PDF of just the dares because uh, I don't want to read it. It's long. The justification. <laughs> right. for each, it's like five pages for each How day. How long I'm could not gonna... a love dare be? When I give uh, someone a dare, pretty it's fucking long. Pretty it's it's four, forty days. <laughs> oh my god! So th- this this challenge will go on into next year at the rate we're yes. doing. This. <laughs> We've got the next uh, the next forty week. This is actually going to be almost a year of content. Going to be stuff like dare to kiss your wife on the lips even when you don't want to. Is it going to be stuff like um, that? God, I hope so. I hope uh, not. Yeah, totally not. Well. <laughs> you know, we'll uh, we'll see. I haven't read far ahead. I just know the first day. So before we officially introduce the show, today's dare uh, is day one. Love is patient. We're we're greeted oh. with this oh. Ephesians four two in the NIV translation that says, "Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love." Today's dare. The first part of this dare is fairly simple. Although love is communicated a number of ways, our words often reflect the condition of our heart. For the next day, for today, for this episode, resolve to demonstrate patience and say nothing negative to your podcast hosts at all. If the Shit. temptation arises, <laughs> choose not to say anything. It's better to hold your thug than to say something you'll regret. So um, oh, I, I will not I will not be calling Jared a fascist for this episode. I'm just going to go <laughs> ahead and mute myself, guys. <laughs> I really, oh. really am tempted to get deep into the weeds on where you draw the line between negative and neutral. Yeah, like that- like what what if what if Jared is just being a dumbass? Hey, you know that's that feels kind of negative, man. <laughs> sorry, sorry. It feels negative, but is it? <laughs> well, I guess you know the important question is if I feel like it's negative, maybe that it counts neg- as negative. Oh, that's fucked up. Oh, <laughs> that that is a slippery slope, my friend. <laughs> I think and that, you know, that just fascism. feels kind of negative. You're being a little fascist right now. Uh, you know what? Before we get any farther into this, uh, <laughs> let's get moving on the show and introduce okay. it. Um, as right. you can probably tell, this episode's about esports. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, obviously. <laughs> all right, all right. We're gonna do the music. All right. Uh, welcome to Very Legal, Very Cool, a podcast about esports. about today hey you know 
what's America's sport is League of Legends. That's what I'm talking and, about. And that's how you can tell this country is going in the shitter. Uh, <laughs> welcome to this episode of Very Legal, Very Cool. Uh, I am joined today, we are joined today by my uh, my good friend Leo. Hello. Um, known him for a long time. Uh, so that's cool. I've uh, also guess, known Leo for a long time. Which yeah, is that's true. Interesting. In fact, I've known Leo longer than any of our other guests thus far. That's wow. true. Yeah. Before we begin to uh, get into who Leo is and do a quick introduction, I think we should first ask, uh, what are you guys drinking today? Oh, um, so I am a collector of, of liquors. Uh, recently, I acquired... An Israeli bourbon given to me by my family for my birthday. It's delicious. Uh, that being said, today I am having a Coors Light, 24 <laughs> ounce. <laughs> nice. Um, because one of the core parts of my personality is I have access to really great, amazing things, but then I choose to just drink water uh, that has alcohol in it. That's great. Jared, what are you drinking? I am drinking a nice hot cup of pomegranate blueberry tea from Hy-Vee. Oh, that's lovely. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm drinking uh, a half full glass of Carlo Rossi wine. Uh, don't mm. ask me what kind it was. I just grabbed the first thing that was in a four liter jug. <laughs> you know it's good when it's in a jug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing bad has ever come out of a jug. No. I, Not I, I even say, once. I, I think the drunkest I've ever been in my life was with a four liter jug of Carlo Rossi <laughs> at one point. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I couldn't I couldn't move. It was... Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I, I bet. <laughs> that's four liters, man. Yeah, I, I didn't drink the whole four liters. I only drank like um, two and a half, three, three of the liters. Anyway. Oh, oh that's okay. all? Well, <laughs> That's fine then. Yeah. And, then why couldn't you move? What the hell? <laughs> Coward. Lightweight. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so Leo, let's let's tell uh, the audience a little bit about you. Uh, what do you What do you do? Yeah. I uh, I am Leo Dickens. Leo Charles Dickens. Oh wow, we're going. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's just doxing himself. All right. All right. All right. I address? live at three fifty. All right. <laughs> um. I I live. <laughs> In Des Moines, Iowa, uh, I sell cell phones. I am the sales manager at a U.S. Mm. cellular cell phone store. All right. Uh, Yeah. So, uh, for instance, today uh, someone came in and she did not know how to get rid of her drafts in her email. Uh, So I helped her with that. So that's what I do on a daily basis. Um, (laughs) I've been having this issue with my phone. Um, have you? <clears throat> Who's your yeah. carrier? Yeah, so I've got uh, I've got Verizon. Okay, go to them. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. But if you could hit, <laughs> I, I press some buttons for you. Um, no, but I have a <laughs> yeah, few it's a hobbies. touch screen. My, <laughs> it's is it? Um, my, I think. How do I check? Oh God. Uh, <laughs> see, like these are real questions I've been asked. It's not even a parody. No, but and I am uh, I'm a big fan of video games. I'm a gamer. I love video oh, games. That nice. that leads so, into one of one of the first questions we've got here for you, which is yeah. uh, you're a you're a big fan of esports. Um, what's it like being a virgin? <laughs> well, 
I have been confused over the years as to what constitutes a virgin. When I was in <laughs> Sunday school, I was told that if I kissed or naked kissed anyone but mm -hmm. a woman, because mm -hmm. there's two bad things if you do it with a man. Um, Correct. Right. Then that makes me not a virgin and, and thus worthless. Um <laughs> But now, as I've grown older, I've found the definition changes. It changes a lot. And so I don't really have an answer for you because it seems like I've been a virgin my entire life, no matter the circumstances. Uh, there's there's pretty much always something that has qualified me to be a, a virgin. So I guess I... Yeah, I guess <laughs> I can respond by how does it feel to be a virgin? You know, not bad. Yeah, um, well, especially as you as you inform that like you're a better uh, person than both of us, uh, more mm -hmm. more pure, clean. Yeah, true. Um, <laughs> you ha you haven't been soiled. Those are the benefits of my virginity, uh, yeah. brought on by video games. Uh, is that I am more holy. Uh, here's some more questions. Uh, libertarians, do you care to comment? <laughs> Liber no. <laughs> so you mentioned that you're uh, you know an active participant in gamer culture. And now, do uh, do the racial slurs just kind of come naturally to you, or do you pick that up over time in the community? You know, uh, <laughs> in my in my case, the uh, the slurs faded actually um, huh. as I became a better person. But <laughs> but that <laughs> but that was. That better personhood did not come as a result of video games, believe it or not. Um, I don't. I choose not. <laughs> but yeah, so they do come with the territory. I wouldn't say the video games themselves uh, have a, a natural tendency for it, but I think the kind of escapism that video games provide mm. uh, tend to attract uh, a sad type of person. Uh, sure, so... And, or so so speaking of uh, escapism. Yes. What is your most shameful sexual fantasy? My most shameful. Weird. My most shameful sexual fantasies. Hang on, let me ask my girlfriend. Hey honey. <laughs> of all the sexual fantasies that I've chosen to share with you, which one would you say is the most shameful? Uh, she said having sex. <laughs> that is Which shameful. I personally find confusing, but, you know, that's fine. Uh, so we'll go with her answer. That is my right. most shameful sexual fantasy is um, having sex. And n not the, you know, sixth grade Sunday school version where you just kiss naked. Like the, the, the real kind. I really hope you're not doing that in sixth grade Sunday school. That that is pretty sick. <laughs> well, well, that's why it was. That's why we had to talk about it so much. Was because it was rampant. <laughs> God damn it! Mm. <laughs> it's a huge issue. Oh man. Well, to uh, to something a little more pleasant. Uh, Leo, have you ever been the best man at a wedding? I. Oh. <laughs> Well, let me think. Oh my god, yes, I have been. And how'd that go? <laughs> how did being the best man go? Or how did the marriage go? How did the marriage yeah, the whole go? Thing. Let's, the let's whole hear the thing. story. Okay, that's a wide question. How did it yeah. go? 
it went straight into the toilet. Um, but it started. <laughs> it started not in the toilet. It just ended up there. As things are ought to do. As as things as these things tend to do. This is this is one of the things where we're all laughing at a joke that nobody listening to this probably understands. Uh, I'm trying to decide. Explain it. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm amazed we've made it 11 episodes without me mentioning this. But uh, I was briefly married. Uh, We don't need to go more than deeper than that. But uh, Leo was the best (laughs) man in the wedding for my failed marriage. So so in a way, we were all there. So you you could blame it on me, um, in a sense, (laughs) if you'd like. Uh, you know I will. Um, For the purposes of this episode, uh, I, there's yeah. a there's a another bonus episode. We do the uh, bachelor party reunion episode. Oh, where it's just everybody in your wedding party. I think that wouldn't be hard to set up. That it's, doesn't sound well, it's, it's the three of us and two more people, right? <laughs> I yeah, think like so. two or three. Not many. Uh, last question for you, Leo. Uh, who are you voting for? Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. That's great. Okay, let me take a big, long swig. Well, I was hoping I'd come up with something during the swig. (laughs) Shit, man. I I don't want... Just just burn all of it down. I don't even want to vote it for anything. Uh, Okay, I'm going to give another virgin political answer. That's a tough question that I have full faith in every American to come to their own conclusions. Do you? Do you really? Do you really? I don't think after 2016 that you should. I, I'll tell you what. I am not voting for Trump. I am not. I am distinctly not. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for that hot take. Um, You're so brave. <laughs> Thank you so much. I live in Iowa, so maybe a little bit. Uh, uh, But so far as whether or not I think voting for uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris is going to bring about um, anything more productive than a third party vote, I'm not 100% certain. So I'm currently undecided. I'm curious to see who will pop up for like cabinet positions and whatnot. I wasn't overwhelmingly impressed with Harris um, as a VP pick. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah, not overwhelmingly impressed. Uh, but I'm kind of reserving judgment. They, they, There is time for me to be convinced. At the moment, I am not. How do you well, feel about you. the fact that caring about anything other than Biden versus Trump makes you a total nerd? And also How do I virgin? feel about that? That makes me feel <clears throat> so... Sad. Have you considered? Uh, have you considered that uh, a vote, a vote for uh, not Biden, is a vote for Trump? You, you know, as a person who did, and I will go out and say uh, that I did vote third party in 2016. I actually was thrilled uh, because I, as a single person, ended up with three votes uh, because I voted third party. I also was told by anyone who voted for Trump that I voted for Hillary. And I also was told by anyone who voted for Hillary that I voted for Trump. So I had three times the voting power of any of you idiots who voted for main ticket. So you guys, 
can shove it, shove your little ballot right up your butt because <laughs> I am literally three times as important as you are. <laughs> and that, and not just because you live in Iowa. Um, not just because I live in a low population state. <laughs> because okay. I... we, this is not a politics <laughs> podcast, but we uh, pivoted. We desperately scream as we talk about politics in every single episode. I do. I wish I, so far, and also I didn't answer the libertarian question. I used to be libertarian, and then anyone who Joe, Joe, uh, Joe, Joe. And, I'm sorry. Anyone who didn't want to vote for Trump in 2016 but wants to now decided, you know what, libertarianism seems cool. And so now libertarianism is just synonymous with, I'm a conservative, but I'm under 60. (laughs) And so that's become an issue for me. I had a friend of a friend, or a friend of my girlfriend's, who was a part of a libertarian think tank. And (laughs) he, he was shocked to discover that the majority of people in this libertarian think tank wanted to strengthen police as as an entity. <laughs> Wait, yeah. that's not what. And and that was like a culmination. Hearing that was a culmination of all the things that I had been disappointed by with libertarianism, which was like, oh my god, you really are just like you're just Republicans who like yeah. really, really, really don't want to be called republicans that's what became right like you you can't have a public police force on the privately owned roads right (laughs) it just doesn't make any sense you can't have state police on roads on that's my road i'll enforce it how i want to enforce it exactly everybody gets a road and besides, um, like, how are we gonna the militarize promise. the police with McNukes? Like, what? Do, how does that work? Well, step one, you give them McNukes. Step two, right. profit. Well, now that we've uh, dived deep into right wing politics, uh, I think it's time to talk about esports. Esports. <laughs> there, there is something weirdly relevant about right wing politics and esports, which is that esports viewers have this uncanny ability to be so, so vigilante in like a good way for instance like Hmm. military recruitment on twitch which is really weird and and low-key predatory and and like the navy hosting Fortnite tournaments i think it's the navy that then you know the grand prize is a better recruitment bonus you know stuff like that and and then everyone on twitch just jumps into the navy and the u.s army channel and all they do is spam the chat with links that lead to articles detailing U.S. war crimes. <laughs> There's stuff like that that's like really like good on you guys, but then they're also one of the most toxic communities on the planet and will like, if given the chance, destroy your life or, or swat you. I don't know if you're in, familiar with swatting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But for those at home that aren't. For those at home that, that aren't, that's when you, you c- call in like a threat with the intent of having a SWAT team respond and you direct them to the house of a streamer while they're live. So then the streamer is streaming. It's, it is hilarious because of the very real and present danger. And so you send a SWAT team, then the streamer is just playing Mario Kart or whatever the hell they're playing. And, and then like a bunch of burly dudes kick down their door and you get to watch this. <laughs> and, 
and then you get to watch the streamer fear for their life. And it's truly hilarious. You love that soundboard. Yeah, so basically, yeah, it's it's like um, if I was pissed at Jared right now, which I'm not because of uh, I, I am on an anti-negativity challenge today. Because he's daring um, to love. I'm daring to yeah. love. But say I were and I knew his address right now, I would like call. Which you don't. The, I would call the cops and say, hi, I'm at this address. Uh, I have a bomb and I'm going to set it off. And then the right. SWAT team shows up. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's how, that's what you do. That's what it is. In case you and guys it, wanted to know how to do that. Right. So <laughs> now I would suggest before Follow doing up next so, week to learn how to make the bomb. Yeah. <laughs> you Anarchist acquire a burner cell phone. But yeah. Uh, so that's kind of a little bit of a segue, I guess, is that the esports community at large uh, is is weirdly almost progressive but incredibly toxic because like they'll share around and laugh at you know people being swatted but then they'll also like try to shut down the twitch channels of the military because of predatory recruitment practices i think that there's a a strong case to be made for for simply chaotic yeah neither (laughs) neither a positive well in both a positive and negative sense right Chaotic neutral um, mm-hmm. might be a, a decent decent place to land them. It might Let's... be, or or just indiscriminately vicious. Uh, yeah, yeah, is maybe a good term. Let's let's dive into to your bullet points and research you sent us, and just tell us what what is esports, and kind of kind of give us your your the story of esports. So esports is really just take the concept of a sport, but apply it to a video game. Whatever video game you're familiar with, sure. I'm sure it's been made into an eSport in some way or another. Uh, there's lots of different levels of, of eSportness. There are just streamers uh, streaming together, streaming competitively, whatever. They're, they're just independent. They're, there's no like true organization to it. And they're just streaming a game for the entertainment of others, and they make money off of it. That could be considered eSports. Now, are they required to make money off of it? They are not necessarily required to make money, no. Um, Because much like a pickup football game or like a for-fun sort of a sports game, imagine like... Oh, well, like when the fire department plays the police department in a game of pickup football. Like that sort of thing where the, the cops don't make any money off that. I don't think. They probably do, but... They're not supposed to make any money off that, but it's just for fun for everyone to watch. It definitely makes money for the NFL. So no, you don't have to make money. It is just traditional sports, but video games. It's not, you don't have an actual football. It's an e-football. Can you dive into what that means? What e-football means? Yeah, what's an e-football? I haven't the foggiest what an e-football is. Um, It's a, I imagine it's a digital football on a screen. Uh, so if you played like a football video game that you could call that an e-football. It, okay. Is, is there like e-sport stuff with like, like sports video games? There is actually. And is, is, is that like the jocks of the e-sports world? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it it really truly is. There's, I, you could, and you can't do this, but I will. You can boil down the people who play video games into two categories. The guys that play sports and then the video game for whatever sport they play, uh, and the people who play video games. Like, those are the two categories of video game players. 
So when you say the jocks of esports, no, that's literally it. <laughs> I cannot it's, imagine. Huh. Like, I have a hard enough time watching a sports game of any sort because it's just not something I was raised with. But, like, right. being like, oh, man, I got to watch a Madden Twitch stream. It's real. <laughs> it's real. ESPN streamed esports on some of their lower level time slots to fill up space because there was obviously there were no sports ball going on during the pandemic, the height of it. Well, we're in the height of it. It doesn't matter. Um, right. Uh, so they literally would stream like NBA or like 2K tournaments. On, Jesus. Yeah. Because they didn't. Because first of all, they had no plan for what happens when there's a pandemic. And second of all, they were like, well, this is just sports ball, but on a screen. It's the same thing. It's the same Both thing. Both of them are on a screen. In yeah. a way, we're, I feel like we're seeing like the synthesis of that kind of going on with like the real games with like the. Um... The digital, like, avatar audiences. Have you seen that? Right, yeah. I have. It's kind of weird. It's been pretty weird, yeah. Well, what's bizarre is you can actually, you can pay to have your avatar there, which is just, huh. Oh, huh. Or, and I saw baseball, they were doing, like, car, I think they were doing cardboard cutouts, where you could just pay, and they would put your cardboard cutout in the stands. That which is hilarious, but. is funny. Um, weird that you would buy that. Bizarre, but funny, bizarre. Even you would say, I, I, I would purchase that just so that I could put somebody really weird in the stands. I wouldn't put myself mm. in, but no. I'd figure something else out for it. Right. Yeah. Huh. But yeah, no, we are kind of seeing that kind of synthesis happen, and, and mm-hmm. I think the pandemic has actually created a situation where, because one of the things about esports is that esports is huge. It's over a billion dollar a year industry. It's ginormous, especially in in Eastern countries. Esports is really, really well recognized. Mm -hmm. Uh, Here in the U.S. and just kind of in the West in general, it's not as widely known. It's thought of as just kind of nerdy and lame. Like you said, like, oh, how do you deal with or what's it like being a virgin? It's like, no, that like is the attitude that everybody has about it, even though it's literally a billion dollars a year in revenue. But the pandemic has created this situation where sports ball can cannot happen at least on not on the level that it had happened and so everyone's right. just like oh shoot well what do we do and now the viewing experiences of regular sports ball ha- has have just become you know synthetic like you said mm-hmm. and so this criticism of esports which has always been oh it's not real has has kind of come to a point of like well we're in a pandemic and now nothing's real so what are you going to watch <laughs> Yeah, we yeah, that's really interesting. Actually, we yeah. truly dived into the simulacra. Uh, right, but no, it's Beautiful. huge, and in many cases, esports is actually a much more popular thing than the traditional sports that we all like assume are just widespread and super popular. Particularly like the MLB, the last three years running, actually maybe the last four or five, um, the World Final of League of Legends has gotten more viewers, like higher ratings, than the World Series. What the um, by quite a bit, actually. Uh, like the, by the MLB? The, the MLB. Baseball? Okay. Yeah. How does esports compare to like uh, something more international like uh, so- soccer slash football? It does. It, do I mean, know? it pretty much pales in, in comparison, at least at the moment. Um and so it's smart that you bring that up because you do kind of have to bring it more on like, a, okay, it's got to be more on an international scale since esports is kind of, you know, crosses borders. Right. Um, 
So comparing it to the MLB is, is maybe cheating, but even on <laughs> ESPN, one of the articles I have linked for you guys explains that um, the League of Legends championships were watched more than the NBA finals and the uh, seventh game of the World Series, and wow. it beat it by a lot. And that's just based on ratings in the U.S. on ESPN3. Huh. Um, yeah, so these are numbers, admittedly, reported by Riot Games, the, the owner of League of Legends. Um, but it's still, it's $27 million to uh, this Game 7 of the World Series between the San Francisco Giants and the Kansas City Royals. Uh, it was watched by $23.5 million, and the series <laughs> averaged... Uh, 13.8 million consistent viewers at once. Uh, whereas the World Finals of League of Legends, where Samsung Galaxy White won, this is back in 2014, so way back, 27 million people watched the finals in Seoul. Uh, so even as of 2014, the viewership numbers have been pretty outstanding. Yeah. Uh, and, and yet, weirdly enough, esports has still remained exceptionally niche in that when you tell someone who doesn't know about esports about esports, it doesn't get treated the same way as like a regular sport does, where it's like, oh, you play right. football, cool, you're a football bro. It's like, oh, you're one of those guys who watches people play video games for money. Like that's <laughs> that's I like I've had that said to me multiple times. And and I wanna say that that criticism is fair. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes, I watch people, in many cases, much younger than myself, get paid money I will never make in my entire life to play a video game. And they will play that video game to a level I could never play, but ultimately it is just a video game. That is true. To be uh, fair, the the same that exact same thing is true of a lot of people who watch sports. You know, they're sitting down yes. watching a sport that they play yes. that they will never play. Right? So that's, yeah, that's true. So really, the only difference between an NFL fan and a League of Legends fan is about forty years of age. And girlfriend. <laughs> and a <laughs> and maybe a couple divorces. Maybe that's the only difference between me and an NFL fan. Um, and three no, I kids kid. that hate them. Definitely the difference between me and a golf fan. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. So, basically, that's my snarky way of saying, quit making fun of us. Because um, <laughs> no. there's a lot of us. And in some cases, there's more of us than there are of you. So back off, bud. Um, but, but no, basically, it's it's really large. It's growing really quickly. One of the graphs I have you show it shows 2015, uh, 120 million active viewers, 115 million occasional viewers, and that grew into almost well, it grew by more than double today in 2020, uh, which is 303 million occasional viewers and 286 million esports enthusiasts so people that catch you know a lot of games so there's a lot of people watching now what gets weird about esports is that that is just an amalgamation of every esport out there and there's a lot uh like what do you guys know of like that's like an esport i think of like league of legends is generally league of legends starcraft was huge it still is pretty big um fortnite got a lot of attention in the u.s 
Um, Overwatch and all that. Overwatch, yeah. CSGO, uh, Counter-Strike, Global Defense. Um, And if you're a listener of Very Legal, Very Cool, RimWorld. Yeah, uh, Rim yes, RimWorld Rim has a Wait, has from... a robust esports scene. <laughs> let, let me let me throw out there just so you all know, we do have a YouTube channel with a let's play of Jared and I playing RimWorld. God, that that does good. actually exist. I'm gonna watch that later. Do you remember Josiah? You and I doing basically a let's play video of Halo, dude. I wish I I've wanted to find those files forever. I think they're online still. I can't find them. I'll I'll look into it because that was really funny. I do remember that being funny because we weren't doing Let's Play as in we were good. It was like us doing just terrible at the Halo campaign. We were so bad. It was so funny. I think we tried like epic. Like what's the second from the top in terms of difficulty for Halo 3? I don't even know. Heroic. Heroic. I think we tried heroic for about 10 minutes and we just couldn't do it. (laughs) So we bumped it down. Which was humiliating for our <laughs> to do in front of our viewers. That being said, I think we were like 15. When we, we were very young. Two. This has I, been a while. I sound so like a child. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and so that's that's what's awkward is that it, it's an amalgamation of all the different esports. So it's kind of hard to you know truly gain an appreciation for how many people are watching esports. Also, because it is so much more popular in. Uh, Asia Pacific countries, uh, like like over fifty percent of esports viewership is in the Asia Pacific region of the world. Like fifty, literally fifty one percent of esports enthusiasts wow, in, in twenty seventeen anyway. And so you can tell like the rest of the world is is not quite as enthusiastic about esports, which I think is why here in the U S. especially it, it gets very very you know, belittled or poo pooed. Um, poo pooed. That's good. Uh, <laughs> um, so it's, it's <laughs> thank you so much. Um, but I think it's something that is catching up in the rest of the world. And one of the ways you can tell when a market is reaching, you know, a level of maturity is when industries outside of that industry begin trying to capitalize on marketing opportunities. So most teams, esports teams, have like a big name sponsor. Uh, the North American League of Legends tournament had Verizon Wireless as a sponsor huh. for a long time. Hmm. Um, Mercedes sponsors a couple of different orgs, I believe. Like there's some really, really big name sponsors jumping in. Yeah. And Mercedes uh, is an interesting one, just given the demographics of people who buy Mercedes and people who, you know, watch, right. watch esports. esports, people who play video games. Well, yeah, I because the... Mercedes was so do- going so well on the virgin market. I, it's weird because you'd think, well, the, no, it's actually big brain. It's actually five head be- because if you are marketing Mercedes to virgins, how do you get laid? You need a nice car. And so if you're marketing Mercedes to what is it in the Asia Pacific region? Um, or what is it in 2020? That's it's over. It's almost 600 million viewers this year. Jesus Christ. That's 600 Jeez. million virgins who need a nice car to get laid. <laughs> That's just good. That's I want to meet who's on that marketing team because he's a he's brilliant. He'll be on next. <laughs> yeah, I we hope got so. Him on. 
But yeah, uh, I don't know. And, and it has a perplexing lack of recognition in, in the U.S., just esports as a whole. So like Fortnite, like I think a year ago, it was a 16-year-old kid won $3 million in the Fortnite World Tournament. Wow. And and if you Google that, you know, 16-year-old, 3 million Fortnite, you will get articles. Uh, but they won't be like CNN, MSNBC. The majority will be really, really, like, really, really local, you know, stations mm-hmm. that have full-length articles written about them. Huh. But the big-name MSM kind of people, they're not going to really have many full-written articles. But they did right. cover it. They covered it in live segments that I... I remember, so it's a little anecdotal, but I remember watching, I think it was CNN coverage, and these mm-hmm. two, you know, talking heads are like, oh, so a 16-year-old won $3 million playing a video game. <laughs> <laughs> and they just, like, they laugh, and they're like, this is crazy. Looks like all those hours in front of the screen paid off, huh, sport? <laughs> and they, they think they're the funniest shit in the world. And, and then they move on, and it never gets mentioned again. And I'm like, you guys are effectively ignoring a, a scene that is more popular than the NBA in most yeah. cases. And so it's kind of confusing. And I, I think it's a good kind of criticism of Western media is that, like, there's very much an audience that they're catering to. They don't just report what's actually big and going on. And right. that's how you know that everyone watching CNN, Fox, whatever it is, is above the age of 40 uh, is because they don't report stuff like that. Yeah, well, and I think there is there is too just the whole video games are bad mentality that right that is stuck, I think, in the U.S. There is. Um, well, yeah, I mean, all the all the violence that happens in the world is because of video games. Well, well that's, that's true. true. Call of Duty has radicalized uh, our youth. You, mm-hmm. you know, the kids that did Columbine played Doom. <laughs> did they? My I God. Remember. I don't remember if that was actually an argument or not. I, I, I believe it was. I'm sure it would have been. But that's that's also the thing is... Is people are like, oh my god, video games are so violent. But then they'll let their kid play football, and like your coach is just like, you see that guy on the other side? He's a dog. Kill him. And then, like, oh god. Like, we're like, video games are bad because you shoot people, and then your coach is like, I want you to make him into your bitch. Like that's. What to be like. fair, that's just Xbox Live chat. Let's let's not pretend we're getting away from that. Yeah. Um, it's not like everyone's suddenly nice and cool when you log on to a video game. It's, it, the only difference is instead of being 40 years old and sad, they're 12. <laughs> That's literally <laughs> it. They call them squeakers when they're that young because <laughs> their voice is so obnoxious. Um, that is no, but So there's a lot of criticism there that's just like video games are violent, they're icky, they're this, that, the other. It's like, okay, if you're going to zero in on things that are perpetuating violence, I don't know... If, like, fantasy characters using laser beams on little fluffy minion-like deals is going to be the ticket of, like, this is how we stop, I don't know, like, like mass shootings in America, that's just not going to help. Right. Like, it's not going to do it. Um, but you're right, and it's, like, it's kind of stunted the perception, the maturing perception of, of video games. Right. And I'm not, it's, you know, yeah. It's interesting that movies don't get the same treatment. Yeah, it especially is. Especially when they're arguably even, not even arguably, well, they're more mindless than a video game. I, I yeah. would say that, that depends on what circles you're in, though, because I mean, like, 
I don't know. I, I mean, I've, I've definitely heard a lot of that kind of criticism of movies. And then I think back to like well, my evangelical fundamentalist upbringing. I do remember, um, depends on who, who you were talking to in that world, but I do remember a lot of that. But see, I, I never remembered like a unilateral, all movies are bad. With movies, at least they would segment it out. Like violent movies aren't good. But with video uh, games, there was never any. As far as I remember, uh, okay. I never heard okay. any sort of. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I, I thought you. Fair. Yeah, I thought you were talking about violent video games versus violent movies. I was gonna say no, that's just the case. like movies versus the, video games. The only anti-movie people I know, if I'm gonna like really think back to my homeschooled background, was mm-hmm. they were like Mennonites. So yeah, well, <laughs> it was a bigger a bigger thing. That's uh, fair. That's a that's yeah. You know, if no, you're, you're gonna kinda, commit, then yeah, it's okay. Right. Yeah. You kind of touched on the other thing that people say about video games. It's not just that, like, oh, they perpetuate violence, which is a very Western narrative to explain why people are shooting people. Um, it's because well, video games. We love games, explaining violence. We love explaining violence, and that's the other thing, which is that they're useless. You know, they're useless. They don't accomplish anything. You you know, you're just melting your brain, right? Unlike it's like, it's, uh, unlike football. Unlike football, unlike your $90 a month cable bill, Jeffrey, <laughs> that you like sit and you watch cops all night and that's all you do. And it's like, you don't think that's, first right. of all, indoctrinating violence in you and second of all, useless? Like, and a solid third of it is just advertisements? Like, come on. Right. It's like literally 50% of your life is watching this new thing that is supposed to scrape the dead skin off the bottom of your foot, and it can be yours for just three payments of forty nine ninety nine. Like, that's <laughs> that's what you're doing with your time, Karen. Like, I don't... Yeah. So, I don't like those criticisms. I think video games, like any hobby is a thing that you have to be careful that you don't delve into the uh, an unhealthy amount. There's anything mm-hmm. in this world that is a hobby that you can do too much of. There's not very many things. It's like you can do as much as you want of X and it will never be bad or have a negative effect on right. you. Like video games are, mm. are they they're not an exception to that. It's like it's the same right. kind of concept. So some people find success in like, okay, only certain days I'll play it. Some people find success in limiting the amount of time they do it. You know, some people just try to focus on other hobbies they have so that one doesn't take over the other. But just like anything, yes, it's a waste of time. So is knitting. I'm sorry, but your 600 scarves are not helping anyone. Like, it's the same kind. My girlfriend just yelled that that was rude. Uh, she knits. Um... <laughs> But like it's the same kind of concept, and that's another thing yeah. that's like a common criticism that you see here in the West. You don't see as much in kind of the Asia-Pacific region of the world. It's a little bit more accepted there as like a, a commonality. Yeah, I mean, I will, I will say as as a a little bit of the other side of that, and uh, movies and TV, of course, are not immune from this either. But you know, if you're if we're adding in things like knitting and that, but video games are definitely designed to to be addicting uh in some way or another and and that you know that's a big thing like with social media where you know we're we're manufacturing just pure addiction for no reason um and and there are video games i i i think that that fall into that but otherwise totally agreed like what what you know if you you enjoy your time spent on it and it's not an issue 
you don't seem to be considering is that the addiction is fun. Oh um, shit! Right. That helps. I what love living fun? in a. I love living in a Skinner box as a little rat, just pressing a button over and over and over. That's I like love it. I... Well, and what the great thing about video games is you have a spectrum of that kind of effect. So I saw a social mm-hmm. media post recently that that said there are three kinds of love. There, there's. The love where you just love it the entire time you're doing it. Like, you're just like, I love Mm -hmm. this. I love when I get to do this. There's the love where maybe you don't love, like, you know, the process. You love the end result. Or maybe you love, Mm. like, some parts of a thing but not others. And then there's the love where you just hate it the entire time but you keep doing it because you love it. And that's how I would describe League of Legends. Huh. Um, That's a a play I've always heard that about fun. Is it a Plato idea? Well, good on you, well, Plato. You've yeah. pre- you've prophesied League of Legends. I um, I don't know. I don't know if you, yeah. Don't so, make me quote exactly. Where, I think that's in the Republic. A- anyway. So are you saying League of Legends is is type three? It is. It is definitely type three. Um, most. That's how I feel. About some Twitter. of the time, I don't know. A lot of the time, it is definitely type three, where you just the entire time you're like screaming at your screen. And you're like, God, these these teammates of mine, they're such idiots, man. I can't even... And then you you lose, so you don't even like the end result. You didn't even like the journey to get there, but you hit play, and you queue <laughs> up, and you play another one, and you're like, God damn it, I hate this so much. I'm going to go... Yeah. That's found. I, Click I, accept. I, it's, it's, yeah. kind of, it's kind of like, again, like a Skinner box, which is like the rat presses the button and gets food, except uh, the rat presses the button and gets shocked, and then right. it's like, well, time to do it again. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> This is what I enjoy. Like, oh, there's Ow. nothing else to do, what? so I may as well Ow. give myself one hell of a shock. Right, well, I mean, yeah. the thing is, you might eventually enjoy it, so you got to keep sinking hours and hours into going. it yeah. just in case keep... for just a second you touch that high. Yeah, yeah, exactly. League of Legends stop. is like shoving a fork into an outlet on the off chance that it'll like drop some food out of the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, that's accurate. That's really truly what it is. Well, no, but then playing the game is, is is like in the West specifically like looked down upon. It's like, okay, playing video games, it's a waste of time. It's not good. You should only let it consume five minutes of your day at a time. Like, that's that's how it's looked at. So then you get to the esports side where people are doing it professionally and you run into an interesting dilemma because on one hand, it's still a video game. It doesn't produce anything. It doesn't do anything except for the millions of dollars that all these people are getting. Mm -hmm. So you don't criticize the pros anymore, and the people that do end up looking stupid. So, like, I had a co-worker a little while back, and I was checking in on a game. They're like, are you watching, you know, people play video games? You know, the age-old question. And I said, yes, I am. And every single one of these guys on this screen makes six figures or more. Um, (laughs) And she said, to play video games? I said, yes. And then she just, like, stared at me for a second like she was coming up with something to say. And then she just went, oh. I was like, yeah, I don't, like, you can't really criticize these guys. Like, you can make fun of me all you want. You're watching people right. play games. Wow. But, like, those guys playing, like, they clearly have it made. You know, like, they're yeah. they're making the, the highest awarded contract, actually, for North America is a top laner in League of Legends named Hooney. And his his salary was $2.4 million a year. That was oh his salary to play God. League of Legends. He, what's funny about that is he ended up getting benched halfway through the year because they sucked so bad. But he that's just his salary. Now, a lot of 
revenue in esports comes from sponsorships and streaming donations. So mm. a lot of people, their salary isn't even half of their revenue. Uh, wow. Popular streamers like C9 Sneaky, Sneaky's a really popular streamer, has been streaming for a while, was recently benched off of C9, and he basically came out and said, like, I still want to compete. You know, I'm going to stream for a little bit. I still want to compete. I still want to get on a team. And people were basically like, okay, but aren't you going to make more money just streaming? Why don't you just retire and stream? And he's like, yeah, I would make way more money just streaming, but I want to compete. Which was kind of an admirable thing, but but then also just kind of a, a nod to the fact that, okay, these salaries are so incredibly high. Part of why they're so high is that the demand for their gameplay exists beyond the esports scene itself, just in like right. Twitch and YouTube. Right. So these players they're making so much money. But if you're that good at a video game, you can make more money than what you would make competing professionally. Jesus. Right. I mean, it's just like a celebrity thing, right? It yeah. is. It is. And and you can gain celebrity status in a video game just by being good at it. You know, you don't have to do yeah. anything special. There's a 13-year-old kid who recently hit Challenger in League of Legends. Challenger is the top 200 players in any region. Jeez. So in the North American West, a 13-year-old kid hit Challenger. That was the moment. That was the moment that I knew I was so fucking bad at League of Legends. <laughs> I knew right then and there, I suck. <laughs> I should quit. Why do I even play this? This is dumb. The community's toxic. Queue up. Hit play. Next match. <laughs> but that kid streams, and I actually checked in on his stream the other night he's 13 years old he just hit challenger and he averaged about like 350 to 450 viewers at any given time um and that is that's a small streaming community is is what's crazy huh bigger name streamers like sneaky will often especially when they do things like lcs co-streams where they they watch the professional tournaments live and they do their own commentary on them they can average in a stream 40,000 consistent users consistent viewers um huh that's like these audiences it, so the LCS matches that played today they actually may still be going on I don't know who's won yet um they 156,000 uh, viewers just on Twitch alone last time I checked uh these are numbers that outcompete a lot a lot of of cable stations of cable networks and, and tv yeah. shows um even netflix shows that like you like the average amount of streams in a day like you end up with a really really huge live audience wow. um and yeah so what's crazy though is you consider like okay the professional esports scene 100 100 almost 160,000, but then you've got you know sneaky and he's hitting 20k 40k on any particular night like those are all different viewers for the most part. Mm -hmm. You've got your people that watch Sneaky. You know, some people that watch Sneaky watch LCS. You've got your people that watch LCS, like all these different things. So the market on it is is ginormous um, and really profitable. Uh, and I suck at the game, and a 13 year old kid is way better than me at the game. Those are the two main points from what I just said there. So, so Leo, do you stream? Are you a streamer? <laughs> I. I am not. I, so Discord came out with a streaming function. Sometimes I like to <laughs> ironically uh, enter into a Discord where there's nobody there and then start streaming. <laughs> so people can watch my, my shitty gold tier gameplay 
Um, I've, jo- and- I've joined a few of those streams and I left pretty quick, nice. but you know, I was. There. <laughs> <laughs> I just love, <laughs> I love that like someone will definitely pop in, see, oh, Leo's on, oh, he's streaming, and then see them streaming League of Legends and be like, ah. I'll leave it. We should, uh, we should start streaming RimWorld on the VLC. Yes, you on could. Yes. You could. That'd be sure. good. I like that. That would be um, hilarious. But no, and one of the one of the big things that I think is kind of concerning is that this is a really huge already and fast mm-hmm. growing industry that mm-hmm. is still facing a weird lack of recognition and a weird lack of like respect and that creates um some problems specifically problems with predatory contracts Mm. there's not very much recognition for like pro players as like a a group of people like you know pro athletes it's like oh yeah there's pro athletes they make millions of dollars they have penthouses blah 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 uh and they all have agents they have unions even you know they all have (laughs) agents especially you know an NBA player doesn't really negotiate his own contract. I mean, he does, right. but he has an agent, right? Right. Most esports players don't really have an agent, or at least they haven't in recent years. And I, I really do think that that is as a result of the lack of respect and professional recognition that the scene has. And, and that's because video games are kind of looked down upon and because of the really low average age of people in the scene. Yeah. Mm. The players themselves can be as young as 16 in some regions. Well, I imagine, too, that there are a lot, right? Like, there are a lot of people who are somewhat successful at this. Yeah, just, like, somewhat successful in esports in general? Yeah, yeah, because at, at least with, like, you know, say, baseball, there's there's a pretty set amount of people that will be requiring agents and this and that. But, you know, with when you get to esports, those numbers skyrocket because any, anybody in their home can be uh, a player, and they don't have to go through any process to, to you know, make it to the big leagues other than right. stream. Right. And so... It, well, and, and yeah, what's and I, funny is you can go to baseball camp and you can, you know, hone your baseball skills. Video games is just like, I'm going to go home and turn on my computer. So you really can be honing your video game skills at any time from anywhere, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty unique. And that creates exactly what you're saying, a really, really, really wide pool of potential digital athletes, which is what I saw <laughs> on a team's jersey once and it made me want to throw up. Um, but it's like yeah no you're exactly right there's a huge number of people that go into this Mm -hmm. Hmm. so so i remember we were talking about esports one time um and you were talking about how it's it's going through a lot of the same problems that most sports did in their like infancy before they were able to get like yeah what like give us some examples of that like what's going on because this is like a new sport this is in a lot of ways it really is um and so one of the issues it's facing the kind of the the earliest issue is the structure a lot of esports come and go and they fade two have really kind of stood the test of esports time which admittedly is not that long but like csgo and league of legends especially uh Mm -hmm. are esports that have been around the longest uh csgo for those of you that don't know is like a a shooting game it's very it's like four versus four i believe i don't play it that's a really old game isn't it It, it's really it's really really old old game um let me just look up real quick when did csgo come out i don't know off the top of my head it wasn't in the 90s was it it was so 2012 okay so there but there are other versions of csgo like that's not the only game in the series um so since 2012 people have been playing that iteration of the game and have been playing it professionally 
Uh, and it's still got probably the second largest viewership numbers of any esport, second to League of Legends, which is the largest <laughs> and has been for a while. What is a video game off the top of your head that sounds perfect for esports? CSGO. I'm trying to see if you... <laughs> Or like, I'm trying to see if you come up with because I want to. Uh, there's a Agent point I want to make. Hey, that sounds so good. No, like, like, like. Okay, something you played on Xbox that you're like, yeah, people would play this professionally. COD. COD. Call of Duty. Like that's yeah. the exact answer I wanted. Yes, Call of Duty. <laughs> like, why is there not a huge esports Call of Duty scene? And there is, and there isn't. The problem is that the structure for the Call of Duty tournaments is ass. <laughs> like it just is, and it has been for a while, and it's because. The people who make Call of Duty, who own it, you know, Treyarch or Activision, you know, whatever, they don't actually put that much effort into the esports scene. And when they do, it often sucks. So, yeah, so there's a lot of independent tournaments. There's a lot of licensing, you know, hullabaloo that, that gets really complicated. Franchising is a thing that in esports has only recently started to become a thing because they've realized, oh, this is popular enough and it's going to stick around long enough. We can sell franchise slots. Mm. So there's a lot of stuff that muddies the waters there because, like, I could host a Call of Duty tournament. If my Call of Duty right. tournament gets big enough and popular enough and starts making money at some point activision steps in and and stops me or like has a conversation you know about like okay you know how are we going to get a cut of this because this is our video game right so basically uh, griff ball exactly it's basically griff ball but like you don't necessarily have that with football like you can play football you can do it. nobody has a right to the game football at least i don't think so yeah. but i bet somebody companies, does i bet somebody does but somebody has a legal right to every single video game that you can play. Mm. Um, and that yeah. creates an issue. Now, the eSport that's the largest, and let me look up, when did League of Legends come out? So I don't know that off the top of my head. But League of Legends came out also in 2012. Well, what do you know? Huh. Um, and that's been around for a long time. Riot Games, the company that owns League of Legends, had invested really heavily into the esports scene. Part of that is because at Riot Games' beginning, it really was a, a remake, in a sense, of Dota's kind of multiplayer function. Yeah. Uh, but Dota's multiplayer function sucked. It, it sucked really bad. It did not have too much development on it because it was not the focus of the game to have like that multiplayer online competitive experience. So they created League of Legends kind of as an answer to that. Here is a MOBA, a multi-online battle arena, that we can all play competitively together, and it is built for the ex explicit purpose of being this online 5 versus 5 kind of a match. Mm. And so that kind of set the first precedent. They also made the game free which in 2012 mm -hmm. was bizarre. Yeah. And, and its explosion of popularity and its success in terms of, you know, literally just straight profit kind of opened the door for free video games. And we're starting to see that come to fruition now in 2020. And that kind of helps the esports scene because when a video game is free, it's a lot easier to have viewers for the esport because literally anybody can pick this up and play it uh, right, yeah. if they have a computer. So it also then, means it's going to be full of ads. It also so, means it's going to be full of ads or microtransactions, which gamers hate. Yes. So, okay, so there is something I was thinking about with this, which is the, the only other sports episode we've done 
I, I cringe calling this a sports episode, even though it, I know it is because I have uh, a lot of those prejudices you were talking about. Wow. But is is the is the um, the juice ball issue that happened in uh, baseball, right? Right. Which is that like supposedly um, they they changed the standard for ball in some way and it like fucked with the dynamics right um what i was like interested by is like uh, esports seems like it it has the ability to have that problem way easier it like because the there can just be like an update to the game that completely changes everything about the game yeah and suddenly there's like a huge scandal about that and people who used to be good are no longer good and la di da di da um is, is there like cases of that or are we just like waiting for that to happen there is, and but the fascinating thing about that issue, quote unquote, I'm putting an issue in air quotes, and you'll know why in a second. The the thing about that in esports is, for the most part, that's considered a part of the sport itself, mm-hmm. and and they refer to it as the meta of the game. And so in League of Legends, there's a patch every couple of weeks. Balance changes happen every couple of weeks, sometimes big ones. A champion. So let me give a brief like how League of Legends works. There are, as of a few weeks back, there are 150 unique champions or characters you can play. Each one has four abilities and a passive, uh, a passive ability. They're all completely and totally unique, serve as completely different functions. They change the game in completely different ways. You have healing supports, you have shielding supports, you have attack damage carries, you have tanks, whatever. You know, all sorts of them. And dozens and dozens in each class. And then you're five versus five, and you're all on a map that has three different lanes. The lanes have little turrets, and you have the same number of red turrets versus blue turrets. And then there are little minions constantly streaming through each of the three lanes. And between the lanes is this neutral area called the jungle, where there are little jungle creatures that you can kill, and they give you gold and experience. And the purpose of gold and experience is to purchase items within a match that make your champion stronger. Uh, The purpose of the experience is to level your champion up within a match uh, so that you can be stronger. So you play five versus five on this little map, and you're constantly trying to get control of towers, you're trying to destroy enemy towers, you're trying to get control of neutral areas on the map, and you're doing it with five unique champions on your team and five unique champions on the enemy team picked from a pool of 150 different champions. So the depth of strategy there gets gets really, really interesting. So that game cannot even exist without juiced balls. If that, mm. if I could say so, uh, you you have to because people will discover strategies that are just too overpowered. Uh, they, they're too they're too strong, and you have to change it. You have to nerf it, mm. they say. Or there's parts of the game that are just way too weak, and they're not fun to play. And so then you have to buff them, is what they say. You gotta make them stronger. Um, I remember there's so traditionally in League of Legends, you put one player in the top lane, one player in the middle lane, two players in the bottom lane. And you have a fifth player roaming around the neutral areas uh, in the jungle. Uh, so you have your top, your mid, your ADC, and your support. They go in the bottom lane. And you have your jungler who goes in the jungle. People discovered a strategy where you could basically turn your mid laner and your jungler into a mid laner and a mid lane support. So then what you did was you funneled all of the golden experience that the jungler would normally take into this one guy, the mid laner, and you have this super powerful guy running around killing everyone. They called the strategy funneling. 
it was never done before the last couple years. Uh, 2018, mm-hmm. this strategy became really popular. The game's been around since 2012. So this strategy came out, and a lot of esports teams adopted it really quickly and catered their play style around it. Uh, and that was seen as a really smart move because for most of the season, it was an extremely dominant strategy that if you could execute well on it, you were likely to win very many games. And then Riot Games, who owns League of Legends, completely gutted it, made it a completely <laughs> impossible strategy to pull off. They changed the items that were enabling this strategy. There's like there's hundreds of different items in the game. They changed the particular items that enabled the strategy so that they specifically did not enable it. It made it impossible to play the game with a funnel Jesus strategy. Jesus Christ. So teams like my team that I love very much, 100 Thieves, and if anyone is an esports fan and listens to this, they're either going to be like, oh, okay, or they're going to hate me for saying that. But I like 100 Thieves a lot. In 2018, they dealt dove really deep into the funnel strategy. It was their most successful strategy by far. And then later into the season, it got gutted. No surprise, that roster and coaching staff pretty much all got fired at the end of the season. So it's not so much like juice ball, you know, from MLB. That does happen, but it's not really considered a controversial thing. It's an accepted thing that is just a part of the game. How well an organization or a team adapts to changes in the game is the mark of a good team in the eyes of like an esports fan. Can you imagine if we brought that same sort of thing to like baseball? <laughs> it's like every every week or two you're handed a new rule book. Honestly, I think it would be so fascinating. Right? Like how incredible would that be? Like all of a sudden now you can only touch the ball with your feet. Like how is that going how's that going to change the game? Who, what team's going to do well with that? And what team is it? Yeah, the the like, most adaptable teams win. Yeah. And it's oh. like, I, like, that sounds pretty fascinating, but like, that's the yeah, kind like of in March you throw footballs. Yeah. But that's how, cause another criticism of, you know, esports uh, is that, uh, oh, it's the same thing every time. You know, you know, there's there, mm-hmm. the fun of traditional sports is testing human limits. You know, humans, we, we like to think of ourselves as limitless. And so we think, you know, how good can a football player be? You know, how amazing of a play can he pull off? Like those moments, mm-hmm. like that's a big draw in traditional sports. Well, first of all, you do have that with like games like League of Legends because there's so many different variables that it's yeah. it's literally it comes it comes down to skill. It, it you can't mathematically determine what's going to be good and what's not. But then this meta changing aspect of esports also gives it that same kind of flair and excitement in that okay, 2 weeks ago I watched some games, you know, these, you know, 30 or so champions were really popular because of their strength and the strength of the items they buy. Then two weeks later, we're on a completely different patch. It brought some really big changes to the meta. And now we're seeing some teams pick the same champions from the last couple weeks, and some teams pick completely new ones. And then you get the excitement of who's going to come out on top, who's going to wield those advantages or disadvantages better. So that's part of the excitement. But then there's also, so that's, you know, changes in the game are expected it's like a part of it but then cheating is another thing and cheating is first of all in esports it's obvious when people cheat um people get caught cheating in fortnite tournaments csgo tournaments they get caught pretty often Uh, they use like aim bots uh you know snap onto people and and shoot with 100 percent accuracy you know that gets caught a lot the issue doesn't 
manifests itself so much in esports as it does in your average player. Because I don't want to queue up into Call of Duty Warzone and lose 40% of my games to a guy who has downloaded an aimbot. Yeah. Right. Like, is, that... is there a... Are, are there, like, uh, substance rules in, in League of Legends? Like, can I hammer a ton of Adderall and then play? I don't know, actually. I'm assuming so, but... Honestly, if everyone took Adderall before a League of Legends game, I'd be for it. Which I assume <laughs> they do. I, I assume I'm, that I demographic mean, I, I, of people who take a lot of Adderall and people who play esports is pretty much a circle. I, <laughs> and as as we pretty strongly suggested in the in the Juiced Ball episode, we are pro drugs in sports. Yes, yeah. and I honestly so see no reason why you wouldn't be pro drugs in esports. I think that would be good. That sounds entertaining. Specifically psychedelics. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm that more for psychedelics good. in baseball. I just think that oh, would be fun. yes. <laughs> like you're just standing there chilling for a few hours anyways. So why not? The bat, the why not? just starts like beating the shit out of the ref because he's like, it's oh a God. fucking demon. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's good. Yeah. No, but yeah, basically, uh, cheating and changes to the game in esports, not so much the issue as it would be in regular sports. Interesting. So what is the issue? What what are the, the big challenges that esports uh, yeah. is facing along those lines? Let, let's kind of use that to wrap this up, because I think we're kind of nearing the end of our esports sure. discussion. But yeah, what, what's the problem? So Problems. the problem... Uh, is that and I think it's due to a lack of recognition of the industry, first of all. So then, you know, lawmakers aren't paying attention to it. You know, the the mainstream media isn't really paying attention to it. They poo-poo it. They belittle it. You know, oh, a 16-year-old won $3 million. How quirky and weird is that? You know, like, <laughs> that's sort of the coverage you get. You get situations where, um, and I'm sorry, I don't have, like, sites and sources for you because there aren't any. You find this stuff out on Twitter. That's where I get uh, most of my you, news anyways. Well, right. Uh, you have situations like Team CLG this season for North America in League of Legends had a horrific year. Um, they did really, really bad. They, I think, placed 10th. They either placed 10th or 9th. And the way League of Legends seasons works is you divide it up into two splits. Split one, CLG got ninth. Split two, CLG either got tenth or ninth. I'm not sure which. So really bad. Then, within, I believe it was within an hour of their final game of the season, which was a game that was going to determine whether or not they made playoffs, and it ended up dropping them to tenth or ninth. Within an hour of losing that game, both of their head coaches were fired. Hmm. And it can be assumed that the majority of the players on their roster will also have their contracts given away, bought out, or terminated. Huh. The One of the coaches, I believe the head coach for CLG, tweeted out, I moved from, I think, the Midwest to L.A. to take this coaching job, uprooted my family of three, and now I have no job, no income, and nothing to fall back on. No one will hire me as an esports coach. Hmm. Now... So far as whether or not, you know, he's actually that destitute is kind of right. unknown because, again, like you're reading this on Twitter. Right. But that sort of thing doesn't – an NFL coach doesn't get fired and is then destitute. 
right? Like you're stuck. Right. You uprooted your family. He he claims that he went into debt making the move. He took out loans to make this happen. Hmm. And for Jesus. him, it was a huge opportunity. And it was, you know, coach of an esports team, an industry that is fast growing and huge. You know, you have the opportunity here to make some really, really good money. Yeah. But then they lost and they immediately got fired. And hmm. the pool of coach potential persons is very small in League of Legends uh, because you don't really want to hire a coach who hasn't played the game. Uh, so you can't just reach into the coaching talent that exists in the world. And then the player base is all so young that mm-hmm. the majority of people who play the game want to continue playing the game. They don't want to coach. Right. So it's a very small pool of people. But if you are on an, a, a losing team and you get fired, your odds of getting picked up by another team are terrible. Terrible. You're, you're, you're screwed. Similar to that yeah. are players. Um, there's a player, um, Crown. He's an import, actually, from Korea. And in North America, the rule is you can only have two imported players play on a team at once. Now, when you go from Korea to North America, it is seen as kind of a joke because you, um, you went from Korea, where everybody's a god, to North America, where everybody kind of sucks. Um... <laughs> And North America is one of four major regions. The major regions are China, Korea, Europe, and the United States. They're North America, not the United States. North America. Forgot Canada existed. Well, we usually <laughs> do. It's easy to do. So North America traditionally has done very poorly in the international tournaments. So they're thought of as a little bit of a joke. Uh, Makes sense. Yeah. You know, it happens. It's sad. We've had a couple good showings, but, you know, nothing major. Never won, you know. So... Crown came from a team that won the world championship in either 2016-2017. He played on another team, did okay, and then got a huge pay increase to come play in North America. Hmm. He had an okay year, then he had an abysmal year at the beginning of this year on team, guess what, team CLG. He played so horribly, the team was completely incohesive, and Crown was benched in just a few weeks. Uh, his contract was given away, terminated. Uh, I don't believe he ended up back on a team. Wow. Um, and he tweeted out, like, I'm so sorry for how poorly I've been playing. You know, I hope people, like, I think he basically said something to the effect of, I hope people remember me for, like, you know, the the good times, basically. That's Uh, brutal. It is. It's brutal. And, And this guy is in his early 20s. And so he's just done now. He's screwed. There's also an issue where, in particularly North America, we don't, you know, develop rookie talent very well. So you have all these guys at the onset of their careers getting thrown in as substitutes for struggling veteran players. They don't perform well because they're not ready or they don't perform well because the team itself just sucks. Mm -hmm. And then they're thought of as a joke by the community for the rest of the time and they get relegated to like amateur scene teams and they never really make it out. Uh, example that comes to mind is Saligo for 100 Thieves. Uh, 100 Thieves was struggling really, really bad in 2016, 2019. 2019, they subbed out their all-star imported mid laner, Huhi. They subbed him out for Saligo, who was a rookie, unknown, uh, and it didn't go great. It wasn't really Saligo's fault. The team sucked. But now Saligo is just thought of as a guy who just isn't going to make the cut. Mm-hmm. And so his career is possibly just kind of plateaued. That's brutal. And and it gets even more brutal. In Korea, 
there's a team called Team Griffin. Well, there's not any more. Um, <laughs> but Team Griffin, the way things work in Korea uh, is you have uh, relegation tournaments. So you have a, your top number of teams. Your top number of teams compete in the major tournament. Uh, your bottom tier teams compete in like little baby tournaments so outside of the true esports scene. And then you have this relegation tournament or in promotion tournaments where you can make it into the big leagues. Uh, Team Griffin made it into the big leagues in 2018. Uh, very recent. Team Griffin started doing really well in the amateur scene. And then they started obliterating people in the amateur scene after they started this team of what was basically all rookies, including the mid laner Chovy. Chovy is a god at League of Legends. Chovy's incredible. He was put in to the main roster of Team Griffin the moment he turned 16, when he was legally allowed to play. And he <laughs> dominated. He, he absolutely kicked ass. He was the best mid laner, most people said, in the world. Wow. And Team Griffin was... Abs- they got promoted into the big leagues. They absolutely dominated the regular season. Went, I believe, undefeated in their first regular season. And then... Everyone was like, this is incredible. This team of all rookies, how are they this good? They're so aggressive in their play style. Like, it's amazing. We love it. They're so fun to watch. And then they went into playoffs, and they lost. And they lost hard. And people were like, what the hell? Team Griffin choked. And they chalked it up to their rookies, the pressure of playoffs. And then the next season happened, and the same kind of story. Dominant in the, in the regular season. Absolutely fell apart in their first playoff game and got you know, got knocked out. Then in 2019, they faced demotion. And so they ended up getting relegated. You know, they were, they were no longer a major league team and people were, and Chovy had been sub had, had left at that point. And people were so confused. How did this team that was so incredible just choke again and again in playoff scenarios, choke at worlds, the world tournament too. Like, how did that even happen? And then all these allegations came out that the coaching staff on Team Griffin were abusive. Oh, God. They were verbally abusing. It was like psychological terror, like all this stuff, like manipulative, like yeah, screaming at people, telling them how worthless they were. The top laner, Sword, was the you know underperforming member on the team. You know, comparatively, they're all amazing. Mm-hmm. But Sword was having a little bit of a rough split, and there were reports that he was basically just screamed at by coaching staff, the coach CV Max, that Jeez. he was useless. He was the sole reason the team was losing, like all these different things. And there were allegations that Chovy's initial contract that, remember, he signed as a 16-year-old boy was highly mm. predatory and he didn't actually mm. want to sign it. Mm. So this is the kind of stuff that in a exceptionally large scene that has virtually no recognition in the West. Yeah. This is the kind of stuff that you run the risk of going on. There's also conflicts of interest all over the place. Uh, So team TSM this season, this split signed 80 carry double lift. He's a household name in, in terms of esports in North America. Double lift is the greatest 80 carry player in North America of all time. Um, he was playing for Team Liquid. Team Liquid won four championships. They won back-to-back-to-back-to-back championships. Then they placed ninth, uh, which was crazy. They benched Doublelift. 
Doublelift then got picked up by TSM, who also had a lackluster year. They subbed Doublelift, replaced their AD carry Kobe, Kabe, depending on who you ask, who was a European import player. Hmm. Uh, they replaced him very suddenly. People thought that Kabe got screwed because he went from a region that is more respected than North America, Europe, to play in North America, and then he got benched off of a struggling team. So people were worried that he yeah. wasn't going to find a team. Yeah. Uh, but he did end up getting picked up, which, so that's good for him. But people were so upset that Doublelift got signed by TSM because TSM's president, Lena, is dating Doublelift. Oh. Yeah. So that was awkward. What makes it even worse is shortly after the signing was announced, I believe, or shortly after it was leaked, Doublelift was streaming, playing some games, and Lena, his girlfriend, can be heard in the background because they live together, and uh, she is talking on the phone, and Doublelift wasn't really paying attention, but people in the chat were. Lena was having an official conversation, and she was talking about a player on the roster who was not performing to expectation, Dardock their jungler, uh, and she said <laughs> out loud on Doublelift stream by mistake, look, it's not my fault that no one wants to pick up Dardock. I can't do anything about that. Oh. <laughs> Horribly nice. awkward and, and yeah, terrible it's... timing with Doublelift's already controversial signing. So there's things like that. Now, I'm not saying that there was, you know, some cronyism going on there. But that's the kind of stuff that is, like, just popping up every single split, every single season. People getting fired without notice. Players getting benched and salaries cut. You know, Hooney was making $2.4 playing for Team Dignitas, got traded to a different team, took a huge pay cut to do so, and then still sucked and they lost. Uh, but there's all sorts of things happening like that. And it's because it's such a young and already huge industry that they can do yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. You know, these organizations yeah. have so much money to throw around, they can offer Hooney $2.4 million to play, and they can also afford to immediately cut him and pay whatever penalties can be paid. Wow. That's insane. That's insane. Like, it's a lot of money. But yeah. It's a lot of money. Yeah, actually, I, I just opened Twitter up, and I got an ad from State Farm, um, and it's got a Twitch streamer, Dr. Lupo. Dr. Talking. Lupo. Yeah. There it is. So it's it's everywhere. It is. Yeah. Well, yeah, and um, then there's... I, I, sorry, Ed. Well, I was going to say, we probably need to wrap it up here. Um, yeah, I think we're we're sitting we're at in, uh, getting close to the two-hour mark. I'm sure our listeners are a little tired, so we'll uh, we'll give them a brief intermission and come right back. <laughs> Perfect. I'm watching my cats fight while this goes on. Stop it. Stop it. End it. <laughs> How is this so long? Cut. Cut. We have end segments, dude. <laughs> Cut. Oh, no. It's going to keep going. Oh, my God. I can't decide if Jared's doubling down or if he is, like, furiously trying to stop it right now, but can't. <laughs> I like to imagine that he's just gotten up, taken off the headset, and he's just dancing. <laughs> oh.
it's fading out. End? Okay, good. It's fading okay. out. Wait so, fade so, back in. So. Oh my! <laughs> it's louder. It's literally louder. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm trying not to, to be negative right now. And we're back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was Thank on the God. verge of breaking my love, dear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, before we get into the end segments, I'll just say in a in less in a sentence or less final final takes on esports as a topic. Uh, oh. Leo, you should start. I guess oh. I don't know. What's the takeaway? Uh, the takeaway: esports is a already massive, fast-growing industry that's also highly entertaining, but needs to have more people pay attention to it because we kind of are putting people the players at risk by ignoring it or poo-pooing it fantastic jared what's what's your uh in a sentence or less uh final take uh, it seems all right Thanks, man. that's good <laughs> a glowing review um, uh my my final take is uh uh, esports uh, athletes is that even the right term? Gamers? No, just athletes. Pros. pros. They just call them pros. They need they need unions. Um, that's my final <laughs> take. Probably. <laughs> yeah. At least need agents. Uh, oh, right. I was gonna say I think esports is responsible for coronavirus. Um, oh, I, I do want to hear this. Thing. Yeah, I do actually want to hear that. That was in the so, end of the notes. <laughs> like I said, because of the because of COVID. We have seen, you know, traditional sports kind of struggling to synthesize, like create a synthetic sports viewing experience that has kind of silenced the critiques of esports and caused more and more people to check it out. Viewership mm. is going up. Um, the virus is, is largely to is largely considered to have originated from from Asia, where esports viewership is the thickest. It is now mm. spread across the world into the United mm. States. And most countries have done a good job of, of responding to it. Except for what country? North America. North America, which takes esports the least seriously at the moment. And coronavirus. <laughs> and coronavirus. But because the pandemic is so widespread and is not going to stop for a while, people are going to be stuck at home more. <laughs> so they're going to have to eventually come around to these synthetic viewing experiences. Also, North America performs the worst in League of Legends World Tournaments, largely because... Their player base is smaller, so they have a smaller talent pool to draw in. How do you increase North American player bases for a video game? Well, if they have to stay home, or they'll die, then probably you'll get more viewers. So I think COVID originated as a means to get people to stay in their own home and watch TV, and people... Couldn't watch sports because sports ball wouldn't go on during COVID. So they went to esports, more revenue. And then the reason North America has neglected to address it is not because they don't buy into the science, but because what they really want is a competitive edge in League of Legends international tournaments by virtue of increasing their player base. And the way they'll accomplish that is by making it so dangerous to leave your home that you just don't. You just stay home and play League instead. I buy this 100%. I, yeah, just, I'm just so glad we got a conspiracy theory in here since this the podcast is so conspiracy theory oriented 
I'm glad I'm that Leo, it. who's been mostly spewing facts, is now like looking up from like a wall covered in like red ribbon, combining <laughs> pictures of various <laughs> League of Legends players, and going like, "It all comes back to this. It's this. <laughs> it's about League. The fourth largest it's player base. Been about League. All of a sudden, the highest player base. What? What happened? COVID." All right, all right, all right. We, we've 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 we're done with our our content section, and Perfect. now we move on to uh, Leo. Uh, give us a give us a, an ad for our Patreon. This is funny because I bought the highest tier of the Patreon, and I, I we saw that, and we'll get to that in just a second. Oh, wait, oh. he did? I didn't he know did. that. Oh, oh yes, yeah. I this did. This changes everything. Okay. Oh god. Oh, although. Um, in in less exciting news, Ross uh, Ross lowered his. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! His, yeah, that his his pledge bitch. from ten to five dollars. What? So we were uh, like, he he consciously went in and, and decided to give us less money. I I kind of understand it. I'm gonna go look and I need to find an ad. No, you need to. No, you no, to you gotta an give ad. us you an need, ad. You need to tell people why they need to subscribe to our Patreon. Why do they? You are oh, the ad. Oh my god! I am the ad. Well, as you know from my Twitter, I have been going on a uh, a uh, physical health transformation, and uh, I asked, I sent out into the Twitter sphere, "Hey, I, I want to get into lifting. You know, I want to get healthy. I want to get fit. I need some advice. I need some help." Very legal, very cool. Reached out to me and said, "Subscribe to our Patreon. Purchase our Patreon." And I was skeptical at first, but I followed through. I did it. I bought the Patreon, the highest tier. And if you go to my Twitter, at LC Dickens, and search through my many posts, mostly about political issues, you'll find a, a picture of a shirtless man who is me, who is very ripped. That was oh. literally directly after getting the tie tier Patreon. So if Incredible. you want to get ripped, subscribe to Very Legal, Very Cool. I'll I'll put the link to that tweet in this in the show notes. Absolutely Perfect. incredible. Okay, that that was a better ad. I, I forgot about that whole interaction we had on Twitter, <laughs> so that, that was a good ad. That's good. That's good. <laughs> All right. Well, um, that moves us on to the next Patreon-related segment, um, which is that uh, whoever has the highest tier of our Patreon at ten dollars a month gets to uh, have us talk shit about them on Twitter for the first month of their subscription. Perfect. Uh, that person is Leo. I didn't Woo! know that. So um, yep. I'm sending a, sending a Twitter at to the, the Discord okay. here for okay. uh, a certain uh, Leo Dickens. Okay. And and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make fun of him. Oh I'm I mean so first off, he's only got fifty four followers, like Yeah, we're gonna no. give him an yeah, so, sorry. so sorry. So I'm gonna start out here. Um his his cover photo is just a picture of Hy-Vee. Dijon mustard potato salad. <laughs> That's pretty dumb, dude. <laughs> it was delicious. I ate it in bed. <laughs> <laughs> That's not helping your case at all. It makes it way better. I think I was still wearing socks, too. Ugh. Uh, let's see. Seems like you're deriving a lot of identity from getting tear gassed. <laughs> As evidence on that... my bio. <laughs> I see that you've liked a photo that is it's it's of a cake and it's got brown um 
brown frosting on it, kind of like mud. And fr- coming from that that cake is the top of Shrek's head, the the tops of his feet, and his dump truck ass just stinking <laughs> sticking out from the mud as if he is uh, swimming. <laughs> I Leo did like uh, uh, Nico Lull. If you don't know who that is, that's the OK Boomer girl. I if you're did. online. Do you like to, uh, <laughs> I <Nico did>. <laughs> tweet? Do you want to explain that or just leave it? Uh, I can easily. Uh, she recently became a 100 Thieves content streamer. The exact quote from me when someone informed me of that was, No! And so then I went to her page to, and find, uh, to find the announcement uh, and uh, when scrolling, I, I I did like this picture, which is apparently about cooking, a cooking stream. I was yeah. unaware that like was there. Uh, um, whatever, whatever you say, Boomer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Do you have anything to say about this Leo guy, Leo? Do I have anything to say? Yeah, well, I mean, that's part of this. You know, you're supposed to make fun of him. Basically, he can't shut the fuck up. Is what I noticed. Like, he had three <laughs> tweets in an hour just there. And, like, you only have 55, 54 followers, man. Like, chill out. Why are you tweeting three times in an hour <laughs> to get a congregate three likes? And that's not even three like. That's not even a like a post. It was three likes on one post. So, that's pretty disgusting. I think, um, uh... Iowa Chad probably needs to be made fun of. That's yeah. true. Although, that was an insult someone gave me when I was telling them that police shouldn't shoot people. She said, whatever, Iowa Chad, because she read that's, my bio and saw I was from Des Moines. That's so then hilarious. I changed my name. Yeah, I changed my name to Iowa Chad. Oh, well, that's, that's actually pretty nice. good then. Okay. You gotta take the power. I, t- I took the power. Much like how my friend justifies the use of slurs, you take mm-hmm. words power exactly. away when, when you use them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, I stick. I don't stick by that philosophy, that interpretation <laughs> of it, but in this circumstance, I think it's okay. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess, uh, I guess follow this guy, you know, L.C. Dickens, if you want mostly oh, a lot of, a lot of content about, um, uh, why the police are bad. Um, mm-hmm. That's 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 quite a bit of what the Twitter account is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So originally, I'm, I'm trying to like go through and find something to most make fun of, but it's all just like you know, fuck the cops. Which yeah, eh? yeah that's what I originally <laughs> wanted to come on, but to talk about. But I mean, I was told no because I couldn't stop screaming, and they were like, "You're being too loud. You need to chill out." And I was just like, "There's." <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Yeah, we we try not to be too downer on this podcast. I think if we did a BLM podcast episode, it would get pretty sad. It gets um, so yeah. sad. I don't want to. There, there's I, a lot yeah. of a lot of better and more qualified people talking about that. I think is what I would say. Right. Yes. Right. We don't. We don't need to necessarily cover. The this. world doesn't and need our take. Much of my Twitter is retweeting things that I think people should be aware of and that makes it pretty boring to make fun of so i'm so sorry all right if you could just make that because we've got three more weeks of this man so we're gonna we're gonna need you to step it up on twitter and give us some more ammo okay you betcha yeah we gotta make fun of you for the next few episodes yeah (laughs) okay i will uh i will 
tweet more stuff to make fun of. Hey, we appreciate it. You're welcome. All right. Anything for VLVC. Well, that that concludes that the, the, the Patreon segment, which moves us on to the next segment, which is my Did favorite get... segment. What? Well, hold up. Did we get any? Uh... No, we didn't. I don't think so. We didn't? No. Ah, what the hell? What's wrong with you people? Rate, what is this? Uh, yeah, rate, uh, rate very legal, very cool five stars on iTunes. Do it. Woo! Yeah. Right. Well, we've moved right. from the, the Patreon segment, and now we're moving on to my favorite segment, Twitter oh. News. Woo! about to huh? no okay yep i just wanted to say jared i, I love your soundboard <laughs> hey thanks i'm doing this for you um, dare to love thank you dare uh thank you dear um thank you dear that was easy <sighs> all right Twitter news. I got a few tweets to send to you guys. Just updates on what's going on in the Twitter sphere. Perfect. I got the first one right here. This comes from at the uh, at Steve Dace show. Oh yeah. Uh, Steve Dace is a conservative commentator from uh, from Iowa, from our from my hometown. Oh, nice. I've actually uh, seen him speak in a darker era of my life. <laughs> um, he also taught a class that my brother took in the homeschool world. There's a lot is a lot going on there. He's uh, generally what I would consider a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> but beyond that, I don't really want to get deep into. There's like 50 quote tweets that lead up to this. We don't need the context, really. I, I'll be honest. I don't want to get into it. It's yeah, coronavirus it related. They found some coronavirus like thing that needed a change in testing and i don't want to get into it anyway but steve dace described this and he said uh it's a headline profile from the new york times which is the mouth of the mainstream river essentially we penetrated ourselves with the wrong end of the penis for six months only to just now discover that doesn't get you pregnant uh, and there's I really a lot of understand Okay, what? the raw there's a lot about this metaphor I'm struggling with. And oh the first God. is the wrong end of the penis. How I, many ends what is does this man's penis end? have? What does he, where, like, where is the wrong end of the penis? Right. And like, how do you penetrate with it? Yeah. Is it just like am I the only one who's not able to just like turn it around or last I checked, I've really only got the one end. And I don't know I, if that's I, a me you, issue. You know, you just or, you, you unhook it. And then you put it on the opposite direction. I I am a person who has one of these, has a penis. Mm. <laughs> um, I'm really struggling to come up with a means by which I could penetrate someone with it the wrong way. Like, uh, not now, that I, not that when I do it, it's like necessarily good. I'm not saying that I'm like, oh, you know, I do it right every time. What I'm like, I'm pretty sure in general. How you stick it in? There's only one 
possible way to do it, right? I, you know, you would think. But there, there's another element of this that I don't think yeah. they're focusing okay, on enough. Yeah, this, the second part <laughs> of the failure of this metaphor. I, we, I guess you want to say that. <laughs> we penetrated ourselves. And, you know, Wait. he's a man. <laughs> he's a man. We, we, pre- we penetrated ourselves with the wrong end of the penis for six months. <laughs> Only to oh just now God. discover that it doesn't get you pregnant. So he's so, been fucking himself with the wrong end of the penis. Expecting. And, we've been we've been fucking ourselves with the wrong end of the. I don't know. God, I'm really focusing on the pronouns here to figure out who is using what penis on on whom. I mean, the we seems pretty inclusive, so he's he's included I, in I that. I think it's some, right? it's some sort yeah. of weird. It's I I guess that what you did is you you unhooked your penis, okay. flipped it around somehow, performed a self suck, and did that first like six months, and then we're like, why don't I have a baby? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that, like, the opposite end of the penis is, like, somehow, I don't know, like, your shoulder blade. Something like the <laughs> penis goes all the way through you up into that point, and that's the point that he's saying we're penetrating ourselves with. Well, I mean, it's if like you we follow just keep it shoving all the way through the kidneys and back up, you know. Yeah, we just keep sticking our kidneys in our ass, expecting something to happen. <laughs> here's uh, here's tweet number two, much less political. Uh, I just thought this was funny. You should check okay. this out. Take a look at this. Load it up. Uh, who should re- should I read it? I, I'll read it. I just I want some initial reactions to the picture. I. Oh my god. <laughs> that seems to scale. So, it's just from this larger um, thread about the Microsoft Flight Simulator, um, and they added some animals into the flight simulator to show like realism of animals running around down. And I think this person, in complete honesty, sent this thread, like, put this into the thread, just like, oh, wow, they did this to increase realism. But what we see is what appears to be them flying 30,000 feet above a a desert, and there's there's what appears to be a hippo about the size of a mountain. That's an elephant. This plane is just barely clearing them at 30,000 feet. Some big elephants. Ginormous elephants. My god. Like, this is like the 25th Godzilla movie climax. <laughs> like, and this big ass elephant comes out to fight Godzilla. To, like, to be clear, you can see the curvature of the earth, and the elephant <laughs> takes up about an eighth of it. <laughs> Uh, last, last, uh, tweet from Twitter news is just a Starbucks ad I saw that just annoyed me. Uh, what the hell says, does this mean? You're a, a It means pump- it's pumpkin spice latte season! Yeah, it says you're a pump can, not a pump can't. Uh, I just don't know why it made, it made me mad enough uh, to throw it into the list this, like, this morning when I was making the Twitter news segment, oh so. Oh my god. It just really upsets me because we are not, it's not fall yet, and you really just, it really just grinds my gears that they're they're bringing the pumpkin spice latte out this early. Like, come on! It really butters my egg roll. That exactly, my biscuits have never been so buttered. I I, I like that most of the gears. replies to this tweet are just thanks, Starbucks. <laughs> See wow. what what you're missing is that there is a whole different side of Twitter where this is just kind of a normal tweet, and they're not like you know. 
ruined by everything poisoned. else that happens on Twitter. And it's just like, oh, that's a cute brand joke. Hey, they use some emojis. I like yeah. it. See, yeah. I have a live, love, love sign in my kitchen. They're not like destroyed by like Doomer left Twitter. That's just like, right. oh, we're dying from climate catastrophe. Shut up, you fucking brand. Like, that's most of my Twitter. <laughs> right. But there's just, like, a whole section of Twitter that's just like, man, what a lovely day. I'm glad Have that you... I'm joining this day with positivity. It's always weird when we, you know, run into the, the segment of the population that's happy. Yeah, very like... small. Very small, I'd say. I like thinking of a middle-aged man riding the bus to work, opening up Twitter, and he reads, you're a pump can. And he, he looks at it inquisitively for a second before a, a, he cracks a small smile, chuckles to himself, and hits like and moves on with his day. <laughs> yeah. All just, right. I, I don't know that it's such a small uh, small group. I, I, think, <laughs> I think that might be most Twitter users. I, I think the majority of the population's miserable, but maybe they all do that kind of stuff. You're right. Uh, <laughs> everybody's sad. They just don't know it. Uh, this is my Twitter go. news. <laughs> oh, yay! Uh, my cat is trying to get on my shoulder. All right, last last segment. We just do some plugs. Just plug some stuff you've been enjoying. Oh shit! Uh, I didn't prepare. I didn't either. Oh no! <laughs> shit! Oh no! Fuck! <laughs> Fucking god! Uh, uh, All right, Josiah, uh, you start. Shit! Um, I'd like. To, this is the second time I've plugged them, and it's the only thing I can think of right now. I plug shitty Christians. Uh, they're pretty funny. I've been going back and listening to some old episodes of them, and it's kind of funny listening to some uh, fellow Bernie supporters. Uh, be happy at his victories in the early primaries. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's really depressing, actually. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, Idols, the band Idols, is putting out new music slowly. It's really good. Um, I've been listening to a lot of jazz. That's oh, been sorry. my plugs. <laughs> Do you need to talk? I'm good. I, I, it's good to study the jazz. I don't know. Should I? Should I go next? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, I you know I'll plug uh, Duolingo. I, I've decided I want to to reestablish my ability to speak Spanish. Uh, it has dropped <laughs> off since high school when I stopped needing it, and, and now I'm like, you know what? I want to learn a language, and it's actually pretty cool. It works pretty well. Um, let's see. I'd, I'd also like to plug Google. Google <clears throat> things. Um, if you don't know how to set an alarm on your phone, you know what you could do? You could Google <laughs> how to do it. Everyone on Earth who's ever had an yeah. internet connection has used Google. And so you know how to do that. So if you so don't how, know how, how do to I, do another How do I thing, get to that setting on my phone, though? My just, just Google it. <laughs> Just well, no. Like, how do how do I get get to Google? You know what? You know what? You think this is a joke, but I have had many people come in and ask me where did Google go on their phone. And let me tell you, not a single time has Google been gone. So I just 
I'm getting angry. Somebody else go. Jared, do you have any plugs? All right, I, I do. I, I, I choose to use this, uh, this time to totally alienate myself from, uh, from our fans. Um, and so I'm gonna gonna plug the the book I've been reading. It's uh, Presence: Bringing Your Boldest Self to Your Biggest Challenges by Amy Cuddy. She uh, did a a TED talk about it. It was the the Wonder Woman lady. It was all about you know bringing your most authentic self to your challenges. Um, yeah, and I, it's it's a pretty good book. It's a it's a bunch of psychology about um, how to present yourself in ways that reduce anxiety and stress and uh, help you to bring a more present self to challenges, nice. which is something oh. that I've been uh, been trying to work on as I have many challenges. Um, the other thing is I watched Jerry Maguire for the first time yesterday, and I found it to be a uh, oddly relatable movie, and I enjoyed it a lot. Oh, yeah. I like that. It's wholesome. Hey, thanks. Similarly, I watched She's the Man recently. It's not very good. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I've been pissing people off by saying I don't like that movie very much. All right. We're at the end now. So you know what? This is it. Thank you. This is... Thank you for listening to Very Legal, Very Cool, a podcast about eSports. Our music is a garage band loop that I struck a drum beat behind. You can follow us at Twitter at VLegalVCoolPod. Uh, you can follow us on some other social media that's in the show notes. Uh, and thank you so much for and, listening. Uh, yeah, it seems like we've really just embraced the two-hour episodes. So. I think so. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs>